Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the show which helps you lead where God has placed you. I'm Andy Peck. This week on The Leadership File, I'm delighted to be joined by Joy Marsden. Joy is an international speaker and author. She is known as the self-success speaker, helping leaders, leadership teams and their employees to increase their effectiveness in the workplace. Her clients include, among many more, PepsiCo, the NHS managerial and clinical staff, Oracle and Michelin, as well as many schools, colleges and universities. She's the creator and author of the Keep Stepping programme, helping people in organisations to lead and motivate themselves through challenges and change to achieve success. So great to welcome you, Joy, to the Leadership Farm. Thank you very much, Andy. It's great to be here. Fabulous. Well, can you give us just a kind of career path up to what you're now doing and then we'll explore a little bit more uh, the kind of things you get up to? Yes, yes, can do. Um, I was uh, trained, I, I studied as a textile designer, that was what my degree was, and I worked as a technical textile designer for uh, around 12 years, and then I had a career break, I went back into the textile design, and my career break was for my children, I stayed at home for about six years, and went back into the textile industry, but it just didn't fit at that moment in time, and you know what it's like, Andy, when things just don't fit, they no longer, it's, it's no longer a fit, you, you're, the way that you work is different. I had children, I had a, a life that demanded my time at home, and it's a 24-7 industry, so I thought sure, I need yeah. to change. Uh, so I came out of that really just looking for any, any kind of work that would fit around the, the boys, I have two boys, and the church that I was with, with at the time, um, had uh, an inquiry for a PA to work in a, a management consultancy firm that was run by a team of Christians. And I, I went for that and, and got the role. Um, and my role basically there was to, to, to serve, to be PA to one of the directors, but to, to move the, the content for the trainers from the old acetate to PowerPoint. Don't oh, wow. you remember the old acetate? Gracious me, yes. <laughs> it was great. And that, that really was my role. Uh, and I, I, I could, as I was doing that, and I, it was something I loved to do, and as I was doing it, I, I could see some little gaps in the, in the material and just felt, you know what, there's, there's more to this. And, and I talked to the, the director about this, and he was like, would you be willing to read uh, as part of your role and to kind of do some research around some of the areas? And I, I, I agreed to do that and, and loved doing it. And there was my first kind of introduction, really, to working with people, uh, although I wasn't there to do that, uh, I was there to just to do the research. But I had the opportunity to go out with one of the other directors on the field whilst he did some middle management training. And, you know, I, I almost fell in love with it there and then. I thought, I love this idea of helping people to become all that they can be. And also the idea that I could see men and women that were absolutely skilled on the technical aspects of their role, but although they were skilled technically, they weren't necessarily skilled from a, a people um, side of things. They, they, could, they could do the job brilliantly, but they weren't great at leading people or handling people, and nobody taught them to do that. And I was fascinated by this, so <laughs> I started my own little research, my own little path, and thought, one day I will come back to this. Ah. 
Um, but all I knew really was that I, I had, I, I'd done te technical textile design and I needed a wider scope of experience. So I had a chat with the, the, the people that I worked with and, and basically they, they knew there was more to me than the job that I was doing and they agreed to keep me on um, and just said, we, we don't want to lose you, but we'll, we'll help you as much as we can. But we, we, we know that you'll be looking for jobs and you can stay for as long as you need to, which was wonderful. That for is a great opportunity, isn't it? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm. So, so I decided I would, I would apply for jobs that I really wanted. So I wrote to 60 places <laughs> that I wanted to work for. Uh, and basically just, just wrote what I could do for them. And I, I managed to get a role in the Mars company. Ah, yes. Um, and in the Mars company, I, I was a, a, a marketing coordinator role. Is that and in I, Slough? Yes. No, actually, no. That That's chocolate. Okay. Um, I was actually at Pet Food at the time, which is Waltham on the Wolds. Okay. Hmm. Very near to where I, it's about 20 miles from where I live. And, and I started as a, a, a coordinator there with pedigree and used to help to coordinate things like Crofts, you know, the big dog show. Right, yeah, yeah. Which was fine, except I don't have a dog and I don't <laughs> particularly enjoy dog food. So I wasn't yes. ever going to be really, really passionate about that role. Sure. So I interviewed out of that role quite quickly and ended up working on the Dolmio brand. Um, and I don't know if you've seen the puppet campaign, When's Your Dolmio Day, um, on TV. Um, but if you have, I launched that, helped launch that ad in 2004. Oh, wow. Um, so so I, I, latterly I worked on Uncle Ben's Sauce, Uncle Ben's Rice, and Caesar Change as their trade relations manager doing all the external comms for that role. And it was from there that I left eventually and set up my own my own business, mainly driven by the fact that, A, I said I always would, <laughs> and B, my children were now just about going into teenagehood and I really needed, I, I felt that I wanted to be at home more right. during that time. Um, and I don't know if you, if you have children, Andy, um, but anybody out there that has two boys will know that uh, they will speak when they're ready, <laughs> not when, you're, when you want to speak to them. So I thought, I want to be around when they're ready to speak. <laughs> yeah, I have two teenage boys, as it happens, so yes. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. I do, I do get that very much, yeah, yes. Yeah. And so were you a Christian all this time? Joy? No. Um, oh, yes, yes. I wasn't a Christian when I started university. Okay. By the time I finished university, I was. Somebody oh. had introduced me to Jesus Christ, and it was J. John, actually. I went to a J. John convention um, at, at the university. Which university were you at? Uh, Loughborough. Oh, well. Which yes. is where I live now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fabulous. Which is where I live now, yeah. yeah so. And so, obviously, you do a lot of speaking. Um, were you, you know, had you spoken publicly before in different contexts, or did someone spot your ability? Well, yes. I mean, I, I've always been involved since since being in the church. I'd always been involved in the music. Um, I'm a singer, and uh, I used to play the piano um, for for one of the churches that I was in, and I was lead pianist there for for about seven years. But I, but you know, as a worship leader, as a singer, you're you're continually up front anyway, to to some extent. Um, so I was used to being around people, and used to sharing what God had given me, basically. Um, and I started doing the training role. Um, so when I started my business, I was a trainer, and I worked mainly with people in enterprise, people who were starting up in business, because I had a marketing background. I could help them to market the, the company, market themselves, that kind of thing. And then one of my clients asked me to speak, which is a different type of discipline to training. Right. 
Um, and it, typically when you speak, you're speaking to, you know, sort of hundreds of people rather than training a few. And I, I, I realized it was a very different discipline. And, and, but I, I enjoyed the, the idea of being able to communicate an idea, a truth or something to a vast number of people and to be able to, to in some way, have an impact in their lives. Um, and I, I thought I'd like to develop that side. So I, I, I joined um, a professional speaking association, which is where other speakers hang out, where, where other speakers grow, and started to develop that side of the business as well. So it was a client, really, that asked me to do it and spotted some potential. Right, splendid, good. Well, obviously, most of the time, you're, when you're speaking, you have a, an audience to speak to. I mean, our, our audience is abroad for Christians in leadership and not... Uh, mm-hmm. church, church charity commercial world is kind of the, the kind of area that I that I focus on Christians in in that kind of leadership role but of right. course uh, you know we all lead in some way <laughs> whether yeah. we have a leadership role or not um, yeah. and you have a, you have a number of wa- ways of working with people so perhaps you could unpack the, the kind of things you do yes um well um, I mean as, as you've already said that the, the type of people the type of companies that I work with vary very 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 much and um, and because, like you said, Andy, leadership actually cuts across every industry and, and everybody is a leader in some way. And it's good to be able to lead ourselves effectively. So clients will typically ask me to come in uh, if, they're, if they're holding a conference for their organization. They'll typically ask me to come in to, to do what's referred to as a, a keynote, um, an hour or 90 minute speech. Um, that fits into their day-long conference, and mine will usually be around, centered around the people, how they can be more effective in the roles that they do. Um, so that's one one way. Um, usually, that typically follows on with going back in to do some some leadership training with the with the leadership team, or to kind of just or they might refer to it as a masterclass where you drill deeper down into some of the leadership insights that I've shared from the stage. Um, and I also uh, deliver coaching with, with clients as well on an individual basis. Um, some I, I work with uh, for over a period of, of a year, some I work with over a period of six, six months, uh, and I run a rolling program where you can cancel at any time because coaching isn't coaching isn't something that i feel you need all the time i think just some of the time right right. Um, so so you can cancel at any time then they come back and just book themselves for an hour and say joy i could just do with sense checking something that's going on in my life um or they can they can go through an online course which i have which is all based around the keep stepping model okay and that's is that um via skype or phone or in person the the coaching is um, I do virtually so I, similar to Skype but I use Zoom um, but and and I, I kind of range it you don't have to have Zoom on your computer to do it I just send you a link and we can speak together we can see each other um, so I, I coach people from all around the world so we uh, it, it kind of is a time that will fit within within your kind of lifestyle. Fabulous, good. Well, so, yeah, so like... good. Well, we we we're having a going to have a break now. So we're um, you're listening to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Joy Marsden, uh, an international speaker and author. Uh, we'll be back just after this. Welcome back to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by uh, Joy Marsden. She's an international speaker and author. 
known as the self-success speaker, um, works with various clients in the, in the commercial world, um, PepsiCo, NHS, managerial and clinical staff, Oracle, Michelin, and the creator and author of the Keep Stepping program. Um, so, Joy, I, I was you know, reading your, your website and some of the things you do, and you t- you're a big believer in what are called soft skills in leadership, mm-hmm. which, which includes uh, self-awareness. So uh, clearly you must have been aware that, um, that many leaders are, are particularly um, weak in the sort of self-awareness aspect of things. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, there are varying, uh, you and I both know, there are varying degrees of, of weakness and strength. And I feel most people, if they are a leader and they're working to a certain level, um, a certain particular, if they have people that they're managing already or leading already, will have uh, an amount of self-awareness. Um, what the research says around the world at the moment with regards to leadership is that self-awareness is, is the number one key. Oh, wow. well. Mm-hmm. One skill that you need to have. And if you, if you, it, self-awareness is about knowing how, not just the impact that you have on yourself, but the impact that you have on the people around you, the people that you work with, and the people that you live with as well. And knowing what you leave behind which is really, really important. And in the in, in work today, where change is so um, change happens so often, more often than it ever has, and it, and we're thrust into working in challenging environments, maybe because we don't have all the resources to do what we need to do. You know, when we're not working with as many people, so there's we have less time, but we have to deliver more. How do you stay on your A-game when all of that is happening? And the more self-aware you are and the more you have the soft skills of being able to focus on the right things, being able to to um, understand the impact that you have on other people, managing your ego and knowing that, you know, in, in, if you're a Christian, it isn't all about you. Uh, God is the one that opens and closes the doors. Uh, and I'm very, very um, aware of that as a, as a believer in Christ that you know god god is god has opened doors for me i believe and he has given me a gift to share with the world and i don't think that it's something that i can take lightly um and i i think it's important that you know if you are a christian and you do have a measure of influence that you're always listening to the holy spirit as to what he wants you to speak into and work into at any moment in time. And those do tap into those soft skills very, very much so. Right, right. And other things other than self-awareness that you would um, focus on? Yes. Um, self. Uh, I talk about three things, self-management, self-leadership and self-mastery. Oh. Um, and and that is the, that's the, the kind of path that the book takes you on. Right. Um, so being able to manage yourself. There are, there are leaders out there that are, trying to lead people what they haven't first managed to lead themselves, right. trying to manage other people. They haven't, yes. <laughs> haven't mastered the art of managing themselves. And that's because they've been thrown into a role that they, where they haven't really had been taught how to, how to do that side of, their, of, of what they have to do. Right. So it's not necessarily uh, their fault. Um, but soft skills are you know, how, you, how you engage with your teams. Um, how, do you, how do you get the best out of them do you do you serve your team um and when i say serve i don't i don't mean kind of like uh, running around you sort of running after everybody and making coffees all the time i mean do you do you serve for the higher purpose the bigger the bigger purpose the bigger goal 
of the overall team or are you just out there for yourself um, and, and you know the best teams the best teams are, are teams that work effectively with each other means that they've got each other's back they're looking out for each other um, they know the impact they have on each other they know of each other's weaknesses and they know about each other's strengths and they work to those right right now I, joy i wanted to talk to you about you, you talk about the you know dealing effectively with change and i mean we could do a whole program on on this so forgive me for for asking big questions and asking for short answers <laughs> um but but the kind of things you emphasize when you're looking at change yeah um the communication is is key uh, i work in a lot of uh, organizations call me in uh when they're going through a change and, and often when people are finding it difficult to cope with the the speed of the change or also certainly the, the greatness of the change, you know, the, the magnitude of the change. Uh, and often what's gone wrong is communication. Right. Communication, the timing of the communication, what was communicated, how it was communicated, and what wasn't communicated. Um, and, and often the, the brain will make up what it doesn't, what it doesn't know. Right. <laughs> so, so if people don't aren't communicated effectively in the right way, in the right time, with the right information, they will fill in the gaps because right. that's all they've got. Yes. Uh, and it's usually when people fill in the gaps that all things start to go wrong. People think they're going to lose their jobs, there's going to be no space for me, and they start to talk around those things, and, and fear does start to set in. Hmm. So if you're going through any type of change, I'd say to any kind of company, communication, the way you communicate it, when you communicate it, how you communicate it, has to be communicated with passion and, you know, and, and, and just, just so people know that you care. Yeah. Um, and also, it has to, the right things have to be communicated at the right time. Too much information can be just as bad. Right, sure. Yeah, and cl I mean, classically in church, of course, you have a leadership team that may have been pondering a change for six months. They announce it, and yeah. then they're surprised that people are not on board with it because you know they need that same gestation period themselves. Yes, and care uh, as well, and mm. kind of they need almost being held by the hand and taken on a journey and saying, "Look, mm. I've got, I've got you in this. We're going to go on this together." And uh, and that is, it's not an easy thing to do. And I find you know, that companies get it wrong time and time again. And it really doesn't matter what industry it happens in. It, you, you find the same problem across many industries. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, many listening will be facing the challenge of their staff teams being stretched. You alluded to that earlier um, when you looked at soft skills. Um, they're not able to, you know, able to do what they can in the time available because... There have been, you know, people have been not replaced when they've been made redundant or whatever. Uh, yeah. You can't give them more time, but what can you do? What do you do with with folk when that's the stress that's that they're facing? Mm. Well, I, I would say the majority of people today are feeling some kind of stress in some kind of way, and I I have I I, I have a, a a model within the keep stepping called called toolkit. I don't have time to kind of go into the whole mm. thing. Sure. Um, to date but but basically it's just saying that you know we all have a set of skills um that, that we that we have that we were born with that we've some we've developed some we've yet to develop and we we have our emphasis on work and kind of just going home and living life but the majority of us work takes up a very very part of our lives 
And sometimes we can lose the art of having a, a hobby or an outside interest. Um, and that is, is, is not, it's not enough just to work <laughs> and come home and just do the things that you do in order just to get by and then go back to work again. That is not living. And it's also not uh, allowing you to have the ability to refuel and revitalize the the body that you have and the minds that you have. So I say everybody must have something that they do in their life that allows them time to refresh. And that could just be something like knitting or something that allows you to switch off. For me, it's, it's, you know, working with gospel choirs, running gospel choirs. You know, I cannot do, I can't think about the, the job, the day job when I'm doing that. Sure. Um, and it allows me to refresh. It's, uh, I, I love doing it. I come back and it's like, whoa, that's great. Now I'm ready for work. Yeah. Um, so you have to have something. It could be, it could be going to the gym. It could be walking. It, it, anything really that allows you to switch out of work mode uh, and just start to relax and enjoy life. And that's the only way you can de-stress. You can't, you can't de-stress by working all the time um, and having no kind of sense of living. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, you, you you'll end up. Yeah, the, the person you bring back to work is going to be a different person if you've been able to have a hobby, enjoyed life, than if than if you'd stuck there and just doing more hours because actually therein lies lies hassle. Yes, and it's not just hassle; it, it's it's damaging health mm. as well. And you know, we want people to be <coughs> uh, not healthy and joyful at work. And you cannot be, you know, I've done, I've done quite a bit of research with, with GPs and doctors and, and, you know, they say, you know, a lot of the people coming through their door with complaints of illness, um, which are real, are, are, are based on, you know, are driven by or triggered by stress. Um, so we, we, want, you know, we want people in, 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 in work to be healthy and joyful <laughs> not just joyful but but healthy too so if you're working and working and working and just going home and i don't know looking after the children or you know you're 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 just you're making the dinner you you might watch tv a little bit you might fall asleep in front of the tv and then go to bed and do the whole thing over and over again it's not enough it's not enough well at times defeated as joy but just um you've, you've alluded to your your keep stepping program and and other materials that you provide so it'd be good to you know, some people will be uh, interested in, in in finding out more. So, what what should they do? Um, well, I have I have a website um, which is joy joymarsden dot com. Okay. Um, so they can visit joymarsden dot com. So everything I offer is on there. If they're wanting to buy the book, you can get that from Amazon as well. And if you want the the online course, um, you can go to steppingforsuccess.com. Okay. Well, I'll make sure there's a link um, in the. Um, in the on-demand section, we have an on-demand of you know, all the shows go on the website, or the premier website. So there'll be a link there, so um, folk can get that. But, but fabulous! Thank you so much for your time and for insight. No, and, uh, you're welcome, ex- Andy. Exciting to hear a little bit of your story and uh, how God has has led you. And um, yeah, and it may be that obviously some folk will will access you. Uh, that kind of material, but it may be others um, have an interest from a professional sense as well. So, um, you know, that's that's good to know. Thank you for inviting me, Andy. So you've been listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I was joined this week by Joy Marsden. That's M-A-R-S-D-E-N. And so her website again is joymarsden.com. 
com if you want to access more uh, so that's the um the the books and the resources and the uh, other toolkits that she uh, has on offer there and that'll be a link to her uh, what you call it something success stepping for success stepping for success it's a link for the online course yeah, so like the online course there fabulous good uh, well it's been a joy to have your um, presence with us uh, this uh, sunday uh, you can go to premier's website and find on online resources connected to the leadership file you can uh, log on to itunes and uh, get download previous uh, shows you can go to the premier store and get a copy of my book uh, the leadership road less traveled uh, which uh, features connections with uh, guests i've had in the past and things i've learned from them so I look forward to your company again next sunday at 3 30 thanks for tuning in You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.